Hello and welcome to the second episode of Game by Numbers. My name is Joe McGrath. Abdul Ghanou. Marty Hill. And we are here to uh, to bring you all the latest from the uh, the leagues around Europe. And, and we see around Europe. Uh, we've got some jet setters with us today in the studio. Um, I wasn't invited to this uh, wonderful trip, but we're going to kick things off with why there wasn't an episode last week. Uh, you boys, Martin Abdul, you were away on your wonderful trip to Germany. We uh, paint the scene and tell us how, how was it? It was good. Watched some quality football. Um, you know, RB Leipzig, I think all of us in there have been watching them, you know, from the start of the season. Obviously, Nagelsmann taking over, um, you know, brings a bit more interest in them, sorry, already. Got Timo Werner, who's firing the season already on seven goals. Just an all-around all enjoyable team. And the first half was a bit timid in terms of, like, no team really going for it. And then the second half, Nagelsmann switched it up, as he's done many times this season. And, and RB were on top, but ended 1-1, which is, I think, a good result, considering, you know, RB stayed top of the league. Yeah, I think the funny thing is we've spoken about how kind of highbrow and advanced Julian Ogsman's tactics are and then he played 4-4-2 for the second half yeah. and just went full Sean Dyche but that was enjoyable it was interesting as well that he was going to Yusuf Poulsen every time he wanted to communicate to his team like Yusuf Poulsen's 24 years old yeah, and he's already James that guy yeah quite a bit didn't yeah, he? Yeah. I think he's such a tactical player uh, Poulsen because you know we've seen that in the World Cup as well he really showed up didn't he and yeah. you know he almost there was times where he's almost playing as a 10 where it turned into a 4-2-3-1 where he was just dropping yeah, yeah, off yeah. Werner and I think when you look at him as a player, like that's a pure target man. That's it, and that's his game. Yeah. But when you analyse him as a player, you know, Timo Werner doesn't perform as well as he does without Paulson and vice versa, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So, what was it like in, in Germany itself, like experiencing a game of football? What's the difference between that and say you go to Old Trafford across the road? Um, I thought the atmosphere was quite good. Like we we were in sort of a neutral end, which was a brilliant tactical view. It was like right in yeah. the middle, quite high up. Uh, but and then we had like sort of the RB Ultras or whatever on the left and it was quite loud I think you know when they scored obviously saying the name out the fans repeating it sort of something like you know Premier League football misses yep. um, quite a bit but overall I think I enjoyed it there was just a nice feel to you know being somewhere different in terms of you know a different environment uh, there was like a section where the buying fans were, were with us and you had the RB fans as well a bit of a neutral zone and I think the press boxes were around there as well and then the rest of the ground had the away end you know, standard area, and then the you'd say the the top RB fans were there. So, yeah, uh, Mario, what do you think of it? it yeah, good. it was nice being able to go and get a beer and just have it in the stands and watch the footy. Like, how, why is that a novelty? <laughs> like, that should not be like a new experience for watching football, but it completely is. It is. Uh, I was at a non-league game, Ultragum FC, not long ago, and you can still take your beers into the stands there. And that little fact that you can have a beer in the stands, it's different, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the, the Premier League, obviously, you can't do it. All the divisions down as well, but in Germany, that's mint. Yeah, so good, so enjoyable. The city itself wasn't so great. Whoa! It's <laughs> <laughs> a funny story about that place. So, uh, we, we, went to, we found, surprisingly, what was that place that we went to for food? It was like Vapiano's or something okay. like that. Okay, and what did so they serve? Uh, just pizzas, pasta. What, like, uh, alright, yeah, I would have gone with Italian. Yeah. That's what yeah. I... <laughs> You know, Italian stuff. Hi- highlight of the trip was absolutely that kebab in Berlin. Oh, that was that so was good. good. Yeah, well, uh, Statman Dave told me about that kebab in Berlin and he said that the highlight was it was the fact they put parsnip and carrot on it. Oh, they put yeah. everything on and I was like, you know what? 
not? I'm down for it. I'm down for that. Right, so we are going to go through uh, the, the top five leagues in Europe and just sort of get a question or the, the biggest talking point from each league, really, and go around the table and see what you guys, Martin, have to think of this as well as myself. Uh, some questions that uh, are coming in for you. You can always get in touch to us as well. We'll tell you more about that. We're going to go with Kay Saunders, at Kay Saunders 121. He's going to go with the Bundesliga question. He's going to ask you about Dortmund's defence. This is the first question of the podcast. It's simply, what's happening with Dortmund's defence? Who wants to take this question on first? And does anyone really know the answer? So I think the big thing with them, 58% of the goals they conceded have been set pieces. Mm-hmm. So that's the simple answer. They can't defend set pieces. Uh, teams are exploiting. They're getting up at the near post, flicking out onto the far post. And uh, Nico Schultz clearly doesn't know their system for defending set pieces. I think he's been directly at fault twice now. So that's obviously 58% of their goals is a lot of goals to be conceding from set pieces. Is that the, is that the leadership in, in the box? Is that the leadership we've sorted the defence out? I mean, surely you'd look at it and go, well, we need to sort this out. Is well, anyone you, look, you look at Matt Wolves as the signing last summer and think mm-hmm. that's what he should have been bringing. He should be bringing that experience, but he's been sloppy as well. So, yeah. I thought Hummels at his time, at Bayern at times, was getting dragged out a bit too I think much. the mapping with Hummels, he was amazing midweek against Barcelona. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was so, he so a, good. He had a brilliant game and and he's had a decent game or two this season overall, but I feel like he's really dropped off um, You know, since leaving Dortmund and moving on to Bayern. I think him and Boateng you know, weren't so great together at Bayern either. Uh, but overall, a mixture of inexperience last season, You know, I think was the reason they didn't win the league title. They went yep. ahead in the table. Um, you know, the inexperience in the back, you can't have players that young throughout your back line and expect to win anything. I mean, it's a cliche thing a lot of the time to say, but with defensive players, I think you need that bit of discipline. Which they didn't have, and they have piss check, but he's a right back, he's you know, yeah. slow. I think his play would have been decent four or five years ago to have any side. I mean, 2013 would have made sense. Like. Yeah. So, again, I think they need to shuffle things about a bit. I think they should have prioritised the defence a bit more. I think, I think in midfield as well, they've only really got Axel Witzel that you struggle to get past. Yeah. After that, I really like Julian Weigl on the ball, but he's so easy to bypass. Yeah, you're looking at that earlier, and uh, he seems to just back off his man quite a bit, Yeah. Uh, where he needs to step in and, and put a foot in. Um, and in, I mean, a lot of people don't really watch the Bundesliga week in, week out, but there's some serious technical players. And you can't allow that space given. Delaney, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Delaney. Actually, I think he's a decent player. You, but then again, you pl- outside of that pivot with its own Delaney, they've not really got any quality there, and especially with the defence lacking. Mm. Yeah. Want some quality. If they don't do anything about it, Dortmund, they don't change or they don't get better, even if it's set pieces or just generally letting the, goal, the ball go in the back of the net, how much is it going to affect their ambitions for the season? Obviously, it's a massive thing, but will it... Harm them, or are they, are they scoring more goals the other end to sort of kind of balance that? Um, last season, I mean, they sort of did that. There was loads of games where it was just end-to-end 4-3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was enjoyable to watch as a neutral, but it must be frustrating as a Dortmund fan that wants the, the side to be established. I think this season, I, I don't expect them to finish above Leipzig and, and Bayern Munich, um, simply down to that. And I think Leipzig, you know, whilst having, you know, this is almost going against what I'm saying, but... You know, they've got Mikaleli in there, Kanate and Pakano. They're the exceptions yeah. to prove the rule, aren't they? They're but then generational they've got, defenders. Um, who is it at left back that they've got? Is it? I can't his name. But, uh, uh, Clusterman. Uh, yeah, they've got him in there. and there's, They have got experience throughout, again. like you know, It's a group of young players, but they've been playing at the top level for a good year and a half or two years. Um, so that was the weird thing with Dortmund. They grabbed a few young players and just threw them in there. And they've got get goal. They've played top rack. 
a lot more last yeah. season alongside some of their defenders. But yeah, you know, I, d- I, d- I can't see them finishing ahead of RB and Bayern. Is there anything that's happened in the Bundesliga since we last had a chat about it during that international break that is so that I only can imagine being a couple of games? Is there anything really happened or are we still at that sort of stage where you believe it will be a bit of an upset this season? Um, I think it will. I think it will stay. You know, we'll stick to what we, what we were saying before we've got. Yeah, I think it's uh, become quite clear that it's a two-horse race as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like with mm-hmm. Dortmund conceding so many goals, I don't think there's anybody else that's going to step up and challenge. You know, Bayer Leverkusen got hammered by Dortmund, and you probably yeah. say they were the fourth best team in the division. And you know, Dortmund conceded three goals to Union Berlin. Yeah. Which RB pretty much, you know, got past with ease. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's much change, but it's exciting. It's exciting times ahead for the Bundesliga. Uh, you know, Nagelsmann's football is extremely tactical and it's enjoyable to watch. And I think if you're a football fan, you'd love watching that side. Yeah, um, overall. But yeah, I think it'll be a sort of two-horse race. The Champions League will make it interesting, won't it? Yeah. You know, depending how Dortmund and Leipzig go further down, that's you know where everything could change. Even for Bayern, do Bayern really want the Champions League? That means them backing off. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we can uh, go now to, we're going to move on from the Bundesliga, but we'll constantly uh, be talking about these top five leagues. If you've got a question that you want uh, Marty and ourselves and Abdul to answer, make sure you follow the Games by Numbers PD, at, so it's at Games by Numbers PD uh, on Twitter, so you can always send us in your questions whenever you want, and we'll make sure we get them into the podcast and we'll reply to them like we do when we move over to La Liga, which is going to be the second league. And it is a, a, an interesting question here, and one that uh, probably got you, you guys thinking is uh, the Messi's absence in La Liga this season. And obviously, he's always been the standout player for, for La Liga winning what we know is the is the, the best player of the world in FIFA's best player from the crazy awards that we saw last night or where we're recording this but who has been the best player in La Liga so far this season if Messi is out who has really stood up for you Abdul um, it's a bit of a wild shout you know considering the situation Barca are in but I'd say Frankie de Jong um, for me you know I mean, there was a couple of games where he played pretty much left wing. They system him and Rafinha swapping mm-hmm. over and left, which is obscene, you know, considering where he where he best plays for Ajax that season. To throw him out, you know, either on the left side of the three or pushing out wide. Just ridiculous. Some of his touches were in the box a lot and the right when he started. But then when you watch him against Dortmund, once Busquets comes off, he was unbelievable. For that 20 minutes, I was like, wow. Like, that generally breathtaking... You know, when he focused on his role, you know, every ball that was coming at him in the counter that Dortmund, he'd just put his foot out, he'd win it, progress the ball right into the feet of the likes of Messi. And I think, you know, once people start, you know, analysing him properly, once Busquets, I think, has eased out the team and he becomes the main man, we're going to see one hell of a player. And, you know, people who understand football and voted for him as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Frankie de Jong is, you know, the best midfielder. You do understand it. Um, at that age, to have that maturity and assurance on the ball, is brilliant, but there's been a couple of decent shouts, you know. Fatty, he's only yeah, 16. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, I can't believe like 16 year olds just turned up and getting goals and assists for fun. We've seen a few in the French league, and yep. it's good to have that in football. I think so it's a good, you know, change. You know, going, it seems to like it's the age gap. Do you not worry that age gap then puts some pressure for the likes of the youngsters coming through? the Premier League we see the pressure that you know a striker like Marcus Rashford's getting because he's 21 years old now 
when you compare him to Fatty, that's five years old. Is he not? Is he? Is he past it already? Do you know what I mean? Why I'm saying like that? Do you not yeah. think that that it does, that it with does. the younger other talent across the Europe is getting bagging goals and that add them pressure onto the English talent coming through? I think it does. Um, you know, we've had a lot of conversations in here about how people, you know, see Mbappe and the Rooney situation, expect all players to hit the ground running. Have yeah. That. Not every player can do that, and I think you've just got to analyse everyone. Of when will they hit the peak? When they hit their best? And I think again, it will put pressure on them. But I think it's good pressure. You know, it brings out the best in, in some of the players. Uh, but yeah, with the with the La Liga thing, obviously, you have a couple of interesting opinions on who can be in there and a couple. Of yeah, players. for me, I'd say Martin Odegaard. I think he's been so okay. so good for Real Sociedad. He's been kind of playing as a number eight on that kind of right hand side, drifting out. Quite interesting from a Manchester United point of view as well. Mm. Looking for someone that can create chances from the right. Martin Odegaard could be that guy, but he's been fantastic. Starting on the eight line, coming into kind of like, almost like Christian Eriksen at Spurs in that wide yeah. playmaker kind of role. He's first for the team in dribbles. He's first for the team in key passes. He's second for shots and third in tackles. Like, he's doing so much. This kid's 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. It's still putting them pressure on the Premier League, maybe midfielders. Do you that, that's the thing. People have said Martin Odegaard's a flop. Because yeah. he came through when he was 16 and he didn't break through. He's 20 years old. He was essentially, 20 signed, years old. He was essentially signed when he was like 15. I know. And dude, <laughs> Just that. pretty much, yeah. And then yeah. everyone was like, wow. And, you know, this signing is going to, you know, get straight into the team. Played a couple of games when Ronaldo was there and that. And, yeah, I mean, I remember when he signed. It was like even news for even the. I remember watching just a normal news channel at six o'clock, where it was the prime time news, and he even made the, the big headlines there. And that was the early pressure that they were putting on him from that young age, and it, it affect anyone that I think. Yeah. But it's excellent to see that he's actually you know what he'll live up to maybe the potential name. But I mean, moving on to to Real Madrid, do you think they're missing that Galactico style player that's stealing the headlines? Because I know they've got players that are putting the ball in the back in there, creating chances, doing all right for Madrid. But it's that sort of player that would grab our attention in a chat like this three or four years ago. You know, if we were doing this podcast, let's say five years ago, a Real Madrid player would be amongst the, the players we're talking about now. Yeah. Not necessarily anyone's brought a Real Madrid player to the table. Are they missing that? I think they're missing mobility in the middle of the park. Like We keep saying it, but it's so true. Tony Cruz and Luka Modric cannot cover ground. And Casemiro tries his best, but Jesus Christ, he's doing free people's <coughs> yeah. work. I think yeah, I think Paul Pogba would have been the guy, right? If he'd have gone to Real Madrid, that's the guy we'd have been talking about as the best player in the league of this season. Do you f- do I think they almost relied on Paul Pogba. Yeah, well, they, they let Kovacic go. Yeah. They let Odegaard go in Sabayas was just ridiculous for me. Sabayas yeah. letting Sabayas go. That, that, we're saying they need a central midfielder, they let free go. Sabayas is so well-rounded as well. And Kovacic, again, they're similar players. and <coughs> they, may be, they might have not been able to keep both. But it just baffles me how they let Sabayas mm. go. I mean, he's performed when he was playing for Spain twice at the under-21 level. You yeah. know, we've seen him two tournaments, like, personally. Like, the first one, I think, was 2016, when Real Madrid came in for him, and Barca were in for him as well. And he was incredible. And yeah, he's yeah, always yeah. performed. I never understood that. Like, it's the Pogba thing inevitable, then. Obviously, we always talk about it. It can get a bit of a boring chat. But when you mention that that's the person that they needed this summer... Um, if you believe certain rumours, the Times are suggesting that a new contract's on the way from for United to Paul Pogba, but is that just to make his value go up more? Because they know the inevitable might be coming. Do you think there's a real chance that he could leave on a free transfer? Are you, are you thinking mm. about his situation now? And I can't imagine he wants to sign a new contract with Man United. No, unless no, unless there's a bonus fee that his agent's going to get 
where his agents will be like, please sign, because then when we sign for Real Madrid, I'll get enough one. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that's when can, money does its talking. If Man United lost Paul Pogba for free twice, that surely would be the, the tip of the iceberg for Edward to do sat in charge of all this stuff. Can't happen. Surely it can't happen. Uh, any any new signings for Real Madrid potentially just finding their feet? I mean, Hazard, not even new signing, but Bale was not even. Apparently in the team at the start of the season, but now he's making uh, what you would say probably maybe their best player, but not standing out. The fact that Bale plays for me <laughs> shows um, you know what's happened to Madrid over the summer, and that's not because he's a bad player. It's yeah. just simply the fact that he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, clearly he doesn't want to be there because of the way they've treated him. You know, rightly so. And they never really wanted him, and Zidane's never really fancied no. him, has he? So it just makes you think like. It's not a good time, you know. I mean, Asensio's injured for a long time. Um, don't know what the situation with Isco is as well, but you know, Eden Hazard again. That was the worry for me. Had they bought Pogba in too much ball carrying, too much yeah. trying to create. But I think he should be flourishing. Really. The positive for them is they've got so many goals to come into that side. Like you think in Lukiovic and Hazard last year, so many goals and assists between them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know. I think about sixty goal contributions coming into the side. Yeah. You've also got Militao to fully establish himself. Phil on Mendy, but then they were good at left back last year. Yeah. In terms of going forward, Marcelo obviously was vulnerable, but this is that is that central area for me, like to be relying on Tony Cruz and Luka Modric, which is crazy because Luka Modric reigning Ballon d'Or player. Yeah, it is. It's the problem that they had actually before Zidane took over, and one thing before Zidane took over was that they had Casemiro for that half a season. I think it was Benitez that was there at the time of the first takeover, mm. and um, and they just never played him, and they clearly had to you know move on from playing. You know, Hamas, Cruz, Modric, it just wasn't working. You needed yeah. that man. Essentially, they have that same problem now, but they've let two options go because they've focused on getting Ericsson and Pogba in. But, you know, they could settle into the season. The quality is there. It's just about whether, you know, Zidane has it in him to say Ramos simply can't be in the yeah, side anymore. Yeah. It's no doubt in how good he was, but how he gets into that side ahead of Militao is. You know, beyond me, I don't. I don't know what he keeps doing. Starting in week and week out. Now. You're a big fan of La Liga. Make sure you get your uh, messages in. We'll put them into the next podcast for you uh, as we go through the season. It all just gets more interesting and interesting. We've had a trip to Germany. We've had a trip to Spain. We'll go over to Italy now. And a question uh, about an ex Manchester United player: How many goals will Romelu Lukaku score in this season? He is currently three and four. So let's all put a little number to it, maybe discuss Romelu Lukaku. Um, how many goals is he going to get by the end of uh, Syria? Who wants to say first? I'm going to say 21, because United haven't had a player that's scored over 20 for, I think, since 2014. It'd be oh, typical yeah. if he just gets yeah. he just gets 21. If anything, I think Marty's won the, this round already. Is it, it just, ma- <laughs> is it just uh, Syria then? Yeah, oh. just Syria, I think, in the league. I think Inter potentially going and win the league, but again, I think Conte's system is brilliant. Brilliant to watch. It's effective. We've seen it, you know, work well at Juventus, and you know we've seen how much that does feed the strikers. You know, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, we've seen Morata as well under him. Again, it's all about Lukaku in the end. We've seen him miss a couple of chances the other day in the Champions League. I am a fan of Lukaku. Yeah. I mean, but he at times is static in the box, and the fact that. Um, you know they've got sort of that the lack of width. You know they've only got Candreva and that five. You know midfield and the wing back system. 
that he can really rely on to deliver. They lost Perisic. Mm-hmm. Where's yeah. the creativity coming from consistently? So you're I'd ask, expect him to score. You're asking a lot of Sensi and Barella in that system, aren't you? Yeah, Sensi's brilliant. Barella's brilliant. Yeah. But they've got to create. They've got to defend. They've yeah. got to do it all. And it's just not really Conte-esque, that. Yeah. So he's got to do what he can do. But I'd expect him to get 23 to 24 goals. I think that would be a solid season considering that they could be creating a bit more next season when they shuffle around in the transfer window. You mentioned a lot about Conte and his, and his team and, and the players around him. What about himself, Lukaku? Does he want to prove himself? Because he left uh, Old Trafford with a bit of a, I wouldn't say in a bad way, but there was there was a lot of media who gave him a lot of stick for his performances at, at United. But we, like you said, we did trust him to score goals for United. Um, has he got that own personal motive to try and get as many as he, as he can for... Uh, yeah, I think that's always extra motivation, but he's always said that. He's always said that, you know, people have doubted him when he wants to get back to the top, but he's got to show it on the pitch at times. I think his movement's just got to be a lot better, you know, considering how natural he is of a goal scorer, and there's yeah. no doubt in that. And when he's in full form, he's brilliant to watch. I think if you look at his performances this season, I think if he was at Man United, he'd still be getting slated. Mm. Not that much has changed. So he's had, he's been given the most big chances in the league, which is six. He's scored three of them and he's missed three of them. So he's still only scoring 50% of his big chances. I think he'd be getting quite a low stick in England for that. He would. And we were saying this the other day because I've watched, I think, three and a half games of him this season. Um, watched the Champions League one the other day. And what I was looking at, I was like, he's the same player. There's no yeah. difference because of that, you know, still being static. He's got to really change his game a little bit more. I think he's got to start moving in around the box, um, you know, not waiting for the ball to come to him all the time. Yeah. So we've got two more rare leagues to go. Uh, we've got obviously the French League and the English League, the Premier League. Uh, we are going to have a couple of questions from Statman Dave, who's been in touch with Games by Numbers PD on Twitter. If you want to come say hello and get your questions in for whatever league you want to chat about, whatever plays you want to chat about. Do we want to go with, uh, should we go to France or should we go to England? Which one should we leave till uh, last? She'll leave England last. She'll yeah, leave England last. Let's have a little trip to La France. Uh, we've got one from Statman Dave, and he's going to ask who will be the next big player to come from the French league? The next player that will have a massive price tag on his head for the bigger clubs or even for PSG to come and, and grab. Uh, for me, it's Hassan um, um, You know, I think he's been class uh, over the last couple of seasons. Uh, you look at his numbers, uh, you know, last season. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't, might not know him. Oh, he plays at Lyon. I think a, a few, fair few people will know him. Yeah, it's yeah. not like he's just come out, um, you know, I know him. He has been playing now for a couple of seasons at Lyon. But in terms of, like, I think the next big prize tag leaving there, you know, potentially coming to the Premier League, because I think he does suit, you know, sort of what the Premier League's about. Yeah. I do think it's so are. Um, you know, look, this season's completed 2.3 dribbles per game. Um, he's scored a goal, got two assists, and considering he's you know a well-rounded midfielder, you know where he wins his tackles last season, won 2.4 tackles per game, and then you know 2.6 dribbles per game as well. So that shows how well-rounded he is. Creates chances, you know, scores goals, and I just think that well-rounded midfielder is sort of needed, especially if a team like Arsenal lose Sabayas, obviously he'll go yeah. back to Madrid. I can see that sort of his destination United potentially is Pogba or want to add the extra midfield depth I can see him being that 80-90 million player The other thing I'd say for people that haven't watched OR as well is go and watch him play football because it's so beautiful to watch he like he's I think him and Arto are the nicest players on the eye in Europe yeah, I'll like he's such one. a good player to watch like the way like 
he can be on the edge of his own box or he can be in the final third and the composure is just exactly the same, the same it? it's like a bit like Thiago for me I absolutely love watching Thiago we were buzzing the other day to go and watch him live yeah I was looking, we were looking at his assistant. I, I think he uses the outside of his boot more than the inside. It's insane. Yeah. It's just enjoyable to watch. Oh, well, similar, like, he comes, when he comes on the inside, you can see him touching it on, you know, on the outside of his boot. And, uh, yeah, again, it's just those players that look brilliant on the eye, but have also got the dribbles, the, the tackles in them. Everything all round just seems well. And he's already, like I said, on a goal and two assists. So, I think the, the, those players that come from Liga always seem to flourish in the Premier League. Yeah. Are well-rounded. Would that be your choice, Martin? I've been doing a bit of in-stat scouting. Okay, and like I'd it. I'd go with a man called Bubakari Samore, who plays for Lille. Okay. Really, really talented, kind of two-way, but was slightly more defensive midfielder. He had four starts for Lille. Sorry, he had five starts for Lille last season. He's already made four this season. So he's obviously getting a lot more mm -hmm. game time. He's a little bit in the mould of Ndombele in the way, in the way that he'll win the ball, dribble with it and release it at exactly the right time. Uh, went back and watched his game against Angers. Bear in mind, this is a 20-year-old defensive midfielder. Okay. <laughs> 100 touches of the ball, 89% pass accuracy, 52 forward passes, 4 out of 4 tackles, 1 3 out of 3 dribbles, 2 key passes. Right, so he's doing That's all right. freakish. So he's doing okay for such a young player coming through. And do you think that, Leo, is he, is he in our first team? Yeah, yeah. He's right, so he, you'll see him a lot during this season then. Yeah, also he plays his best football on the left side of a 4-2-3-1. So we talk about a Pogba replacement. Mm-hmm. Could that could be the guy. Smile I've, I've on your face there. He's so good. I'll trust uh, Liga in terms of you know players coming through. We were talking about this earlier, and we think it's potentially you know a topic that might need a full podcast. But yeah, you know, certain. I think one of the lads dropped in that question. Um, you know, under the different three. development paths in yeah, different leagues. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the last thing I'd say about Samori as well, his attitude seems spot on. Because when he moved to Lille, PSG were interested and Juventus were interested. But he moved to Lille when Marcelo Bielsa was there because he wanted to play under Bielsa and develop and become a better player. I think he'll reap the rewards of that in the long term. Does the, obviously, we'll throw a lot of names around. If people are just listening to the podcast to, to get a bit of insight, the, uh, make sure you rewind, go back and listen to the names we're talking about and, and head over to YouTube and just catch some of the highlights. And Because yeah, uh, yeah. Abdullah and, and Marty know what they're talking about. Uh, me, so-so. Uh, but make sure you can get up to date because I assure you, if these boys are saying that these could be the future Premier League uh, uh, stars, uh, make sure you check out their highlights, etc. Uh, so you can come and get involved into the conversation. And if you want to throw any other names into the hat for any of the questions we've just asked, again, Games by Numbers PD uh, on Twitter. Make sure you always send in your t uh, tweets and messages and questions. Final one from Statman Dave. We're going uh, all the way back home uh, to the Premier League. Statman Dave asks, what do you make of Delhi Ali's lack of game time so far in this season? Discuss... Old Pochettino, what is he up to? I'll let uh, Marty start. Why are you going to... Number one, <laughs> Deli Alli fan. Oh, is he? Deli Alli fan. He's so good, man. He's, he's just got to be playing. I still <laughs> think the best Spurs front four, Harry Kane at centre forward, mm -hmm. Son on the left, Eric, um, Deli Alli at 10 and Eriksen in that kind of wide playmaker role. He's got to be playing for me. Um, I think, you know, with Deli Alli going into this season, it's just surprising how he's almost not focal point of that side um, I mean they've got Harry Kane they've you'd, got Son you'd think he'd had a big injury or something but he's got two assists in the Champions League final in yeah. Champions League semi-final sorry yeah. a few months ago so that, again like a lot of people seem to watch him go like he lacks that creativity he lacks that cutting edge but 
you know, he's still a young lad. Like, yeah. he just come in here scoring goals left, right and centre. And then everyone's like, you know, the fact that anyone calls him overrated. Yeah. Goals he's, over he spurs his ninth highest scorer in the Premier League era. He's, he's one of the best players I've, I've seen off the ball. Like, I can comfortably say Well, that's the thing. Spurs are not winning the ball with the final third anymore. And that's the, that's the issue. So yeah, that, that's Deli Alli's. He, he does that for you. So he wins the ball back. He gets into the positions. I don't know what's going on with Spurs. I think it's a general problem to, to speak about in regards to Spurs rather than just Deli Alli. Because yeah. the fact that Deli Alli isn't constantly in the side and isn't the main guy to build on. You know, you look at his age and you look at what he's already produced in the yeah. league, the numbers he's brought to at, at times an average Spurs side when he first yeah. joined. So, you know, it's it's quite surprising uh, to me. Yeah, and it's, no, do you think he might be? That's exactly what I was going to say. Do you think we might see a move away? Would another Premier League club work, or is it a move away into one of the, the five leagues we've just been talking about? Um, I think in the Premier League, who would really take him on? You know, we know that we know that he's a Liverpool fan. Do you think he could play that false nine role if Firmino was to move on? I think he could. I think he could do that really well. But is, is again, does uh, Klopp have the vision of bringing him in? Potentially yeah. does. I think that would be a good move for them. He can't really play deeper in midfield. I'd say for for Liverpool. In, in no, that no, no. I, I think I think for a Man City, he could play at eight. A Man City could play probably at six for Man City. Mm. But yeah, at Liverpool, I wouldn't it surprise me if it's in United. You know, they will always look at that quality in midfield when they lose Paul Pogba. I think they're going to especially with the new profile of like the young British talent. So I could see United going for him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if United I'd would love that so much. would be in for him if Pogba if Pogba leaves. And again, there's a lot of talk about James Madison. You could potentially get them both and have them as two three eights, which would be enjoyable to watch. Yeah, you know, they've both got a bit of bite about them in midfield. So um, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets that move, but we've got to see how the season develops. You know, Poch has got to be forced into getting that old system back into Spurs. Like you said, they they lost the ball. Is it the third worst in the league mm. in terms yeah. of winning the ball back? Yeah, yeah. So, year. so last year they were the third best, and this season they're the third yeah. worst. It's so such that's a big a difference. Drop, you know? and I think that's down to the mentality off the pitch as well. Yeah, I do think yeah. that Spurs are not the same, and I've been saying it from the start of the season because of that maybe the Champions League. I, I mean, a final like that could really defeat you. I mean, you look at it can really knock you down. You see the FA Cup with Watford. I mean, obviously that was an absolute slaughtering by City, but. They've never, they've not looked the same since a, a defeat in such a high-profile game, when you were a bit poor as well. To be fair, Tottenham didn't really do much to say, to say they won. Especially that. with the kind of Spurs mentality that we've seen in the kind of new era, where a lot of players have probably thought about going, and the mentality has always been, we're going to win something, we're yeah. going to win something big. And then I imagine a lot of players like Sir Harry Kane will have thought, right, okay, this is why I've been staying at Tottenham. I'm going to win that Champions League. And now that that's gone, you're like, they're not going to get to the Champions League final this year. No. They're not going to win the league. I imagine it is a tough place to motivate yourself at the minute. Indeed. Right, that's been a wonderful second episode of Games by Numbers. Uh, right, thank you very much. I want to set a little uh, little task for us all to bring uh, next uh, week. And for you, uh, listening as well, a little game of the weekend. Just one that you put forward that we can all have a chat about your game of the weekend. So it can be from any league that we've been discussing. Uh, we can have a bit of a debate. You can always tweet us, Games by Numbers. Uh, right, I want to thank you. My name's been Joe McGrath. Make sure you subscribe, like, do whatever you want to do, share please, uh, and we'll see you next week.